0: On this episode of China Unscripted, did you know the U.S. can't make penicillin or aspirin? China has taken over the global medicine supply chain, and they're doing it on purpose, because whoever controls the medicine controls the world. Welcome to China Unscripted. I'm Chris Chappell. I'm Shelley Jong. And I'm Matt Ganeshda. And this podcast is sponsored by CuriosityStream. It's great for people like you who love watching videos and learning cool stuff. CuriosityStream has a huge selection of documentaries and nonfiction TV shows. And I'll show you more at the end of the podcast. But joining us today is Rosemary Gibson. She's the co-author of China Rx, exposing the risks of America's dependence on China for medicine. Rosemary, thanks for joining us today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be with
0: you. Oh, definitely. So you co-wrote China Rx in 2018. Um, and it talks about the the risks, the dangers of having China control so much of the medical supply chain. Has, has there been any kind of major global event recently that has made you want to tell people, I told you so?
1: Well, China Rx, as you said, came out in 2018, predicted exactly what happened. I didn't realize it would happen so quickly. So here we have a, a global pandemic. You have more than 100 countries affected. And we have a highly centralized supply chain for basic medicines to care for people who are sick with a pandemic and hospitalized. And guess what? As predicted, the US was standing in line with other countries to get vital medicines to take care of people and prevent them from dying. It's shocking that we have allowed this to happen. We prepare better for hurricanes than we do for things like this. Just think about 100 countries competing for the same stuff that we need to survive. And these are the same things that hospitals need every day in ICUs and operating rooms. And we can't, we can't make basic medicines anymore. We can't make any antibiotics anymore in this country. And if I can say none of the money that's been spent on COVID relief, what trillions? Not a single penny has gone to begin to have some manufacturing capability here in this country for just the basic medicines. Sure, they'll spend it on PPE and all sorts of things, but not a single penny has gone to rebuild our the manufacturing base that's collapsed for stuff that we need to survive.
0: We can't even make antibiotics.
1: We can no longer make penicillin. We can't make any of the classes of antibiotics. And that's because China got global control over the components to make them. It's like you've all heard of rare earths. Your viewers have heard of rare earths, right? Mm -hmm. And how China has a chokehold on those rare earths that are used in phones and hybrid cars and wind turbines. It's the same thing with our medicines. China controls about 90% of the global supply of the core components we need to make basic drugs for our pharmaceutical industry. And China RX exposed it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. So yeah, we depend on China for, and the world depends on China, for the vast majority, 90% of the core components for our global pharmaceutical supply. And it was as a private citizen. I exposed that.
2: How did you kind of discover or, or start researching this?
1: Well, I was just looking to write another book that would be in the public interest because I think that's why we're here. We have to give back and do something that helps people. And I just stumbled on this topic and I kept digging and digging and jaw dropper after jaw dropper. I did it uh, from uh, on my home laptop, and uh, it took three years to research it, and then another year and a half to to write it in a way that could be easily understood for people like my mother. And uh, so it was a very laborious, very ch- probably the most difficult thing I've written. But the findings are just shockers. I'm happy to say that a number of the recommendations are being implemented. And that's very heartening. And a gentleman in industry said, because of your book, our company did something different to create a more resilient supply chain and thanked me for it. I've had a number of uh, words of thanks from industry people as well as people in government.
0: What are some of the things that have changed?
1: What's changed is that companies and the federal government have been looking at where our medicines are coming from and the components to make them. It was very satisfying. I had the privilege of giving testimony to the House Energy and Commerce Health Subcommittee in October, 2019. And it was on exactly this subject. And right before me was a panel with a very senior person from the FDA who's testified probably 100 times before Congress. And this person came in with an entourage of staff and I, it's just, I'm sitting, you know, just me. And it's very clear that the FDA was asked, so tell us, where are we dependent? And they, FDA provided some data that frankly was misleading for a variety of reasons, but it was clear that people are asking this question now where do the our medicines come from? Not just the pills we take, but what we need to, to make them. So when
2: you say core components of the medicines, what are the things you're talking about? Like the things that are being
1: manufactured? Well, let's take um, vitamin C. That's not a prescription drug, but uh, ascorbic acid. We can't make vitamin C anymore in the United States. Really? China has, we can't make it. So if you take this vitamin C in your cereal or the pill that you take sitting on the kitchen counter. The core component in it is probably sourced from China. And it's not, here's something else that was another real um, eye-opener. You know, I thought that, well, we buy these things from China because it's cheaper. Well, that's true, but it's not a real price. China has formed cartels, the penicillin cartel, the vitamin C cartel. And they just dump product on the global market at below market prices, and they drive out their competitors. That is their MO. Wow. Why are they doing that? Because they want to gain global dominance. Uh, Another eye-opener was China saying, it's our goal to become the pharmacy to the world. And I have to say, I admire their their ambition, their strategy, and their execution, because that's exactly what's happening.
3: So it's not that like... um we couldn't start making vitamin C again. It's that China has dumped these products on, on the U.S. for so long that there's no more manufacturing anymore that does it in the U.S. But like we could just theoretically some enterprising person in the U.S. could start a factory and make the core components for vitamin C and then sell made in America vitamin C, right? Like it could be done quickly, right?
1: absolutely. Well, Save the Four of Us wanted to say we want to make some uh, um, U.S.-based, set up a manufacturing facility to make vitamin C here, the ascorbic acid. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we would need to have customers. And who would our customers be? And this gets into a whole other dynamic. We can point the finger at China, but we really have to point the finger at ourselves. Because... All the special interests love to buy cheap, even if it's sold on the on the global market in a way that is contrary to a, uh, a real market competition, even if they illegally dump. These are all illegal trade practices, even if they form cartels, which is illegal under antitrust law. A lot of people love cheap stuff from China because they make more money on the margin. So we might have to charge a little bit more and we see this with prescription drugs i'll give you a great example in a minute but they want to buy cheap so yes we could set up a manufacturing plant but we wouldn't have any customers
3: i see so it's not like the customers are people who go to the the health food store and buy the vitamins the customers are actually giant corporations like general mills who are buying this in bulk and they want the cheapest price right
1: that's exactly right let me give you a, a really great example that was brought to my attention by a, a very prominent uh, physician just the other night. So we were talking, and he described a, a woman that he knows who has some heart issues, and she was on uh, this blood pressure medicine. And suddenly, her, with this blood pressure medicine, her you know blood pressure, systolic blood pressure went up to 180, 190, which is like hypertensive crisis that's bad news and so they went uh, back to the pharmacy and they got a different generic product and her blood pressure went back to normal like overnight and it turns out that the original the first generic was a product made by a Chinese domestic company and sold here and this Blood pressure medicine was sold by a very well-known retail pharmacy chain. So the retail pharmacies and all the other special interests, the big buyers, you know, they're just a handful of buyers of generic drugs. They love to buy cheap. They have algorithms that scour the globe looking for something that's five cents cheaper for a 50-gallon drum of whatever. You know, this is like, you know, Amazon. You know, Amazon, you know, they want to sell cheap. But this, these are medicines. And this is life and death stuff here. So it's not just China. it's China's taking advantage of American greed. And this this kind of greed can kill. And it has killed. It has killed? Absolutely. And China Rx opens up with a, a story of a Johns Hopkins trained physician. And he was out in Arizona, had a you know, great practice, a radiologist, and he knew he had a stomach ulcer he self-diagnosed correctly and it was getting painful so late one night he and his wife and kids they stopped in at the mayo clinic in scottsdale emergency room and they said why don't you uh stay overnight your wife and children go home and pick you up tomorrow morning we'll just do a test you know scope the inside to see what's going on and you'll be on your way so uh six the next morning he got a blood thinner um and another a dose at about 10 in the morning. Healthy guy, 45 years old and by 10:30 he was showing signs of having a heart attack. No history of heart disease. So they put him in the cath lab and they gave him more of this blood thinner and he went into very quickly multiple organ failure. And this is all documented this spent months and months and months finding a case cuz this is like the perfect crime, it's really hard to find to show cause and effect. And uh, the following week, his heart was so damaged, they just took it out of his body. He was put on an artificial heart machine. The next month, he is sitting up in bed in the hospital with his wife next to him, watching the evening news, tethered to this artificial heart machine. And on the news, it's been reported that contaminated heparin, a blood thinner, was found in St. Louis hospitals. And he turned to his wife and said, oh, my God, I got a lot of heparin. Was it contaminated? Long story short, three months later, uh, he died after a failed Hail Mary transplant. And it was a horrific death. And the FDA traced this contaminant to back to China. where, for economic reasons, they put in a fake substitute for the real thing. And at high at high levels, this was lethal. And there were hundreds of people who died, and we don't even know the full numbers because uh, it's so hard to tell if you're you know, if you're chronically ill and you know, was the drug. What is it? Very, very hard to tell. So this is, and that was 2007 and 8. And you know, t- decade later, what did we get? Contaminated blood pressure medicine that millions of Americans were taking, and this had a rocket fuel compound in it
0: rocket fuel
1: and yeah there was i was giving testimony to the u.s china economic and security review commission and a member of the commission retired military a very fine gentleman um, army colonel he spoke up extemporaneously this was not his testimony he says yeah i got blood pressure medicine from china and it had rocket fuel in it he said if i'm getting it as retired military that means our active duty people are getting it too and it was sourced in china this is how bad it's how bad it's gotten it's shocking.
0: You make a very good point in the book that like, so this is being done because on the surface, it's cheaper to buy from China, but really we can't afford to do this.
1: It's it's insanity. You know, if you want to buy a cheap t-shirt, you know, go right ahead and we can go find the cheapest t-shirt somewhere, but you're going to do that with the medicines that you depend on for your life. There was just an article published in a really a reputable medical journal about a medicine given to people after heart and lung transplants, and they had it test. Doctors had it tested at Harvard, and it turns out it wasn't dissolving properly in the body. So that means if you're taking a medicine that's supposed to take last six hours or eight hours, and if it doesn't dissolve evenly, that means the last couple of hours you're not getting protection. This is an immunosuppressant which you really need if you're getting a new organ in your body.
3: In other words, your organ could fail because of the Chinese poor quality medicine. I I think what's, what's crazy to me about what you're bringing up is that the case of the heart thinner that you brought up was about the same time as the melamine milk scandal in China, that was 2008. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm never gonna buy food from China if I can ever avoid it because you never know. But because of the way that like our healthcare system works, like the consumers are very rarely making choices about what they buy or how much they spend on what they buy, uh, because you've got these middlemen, right, the insurance companies uh, and, and often other middlemen as well.
0: Yeah, most Americans so. have no idea they're getting these Chinese made
3: drugs. Right. And you're buying it from like, you know, your, your trusted, you know, Walgreens or CVS and you think like, oh, well, like, surely they're not going to sell me bad medicine because they'd get sued. So I trust them. And it, but it's not that simple because even they're not necessarily liable for it because they're getting it from someone else who's then sourcing it from China. And so you have these complexities of the supply chain. But I think the, the core of it Rosemary is that the the individual consumers have no way to make a choice because they they don't have any way to understand the supply chain for an individual thing that they're taking.
1: That's that's exactly right. Um, we don't see the box that it comes in, even when we go to the re- a retail pharmacy. And we're certainly not going to see where stuff comes from if we're in the hospital. It's the last thing we'll be we'll be thinking of. But, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've been given some thought to this. I called up a very well-known retail pharmacy chain and they sell this uh, Chinese generic blood pressure medicine that didn't control this uh, person's blood pressure and put her in dangerous life-threatening territory. Just think about this. Imagine if you're going to buy tires and I'll just use the example of Costco or any other Imagine if Costco—they're not doing this. Imagine if Costco were buying tires from China. That, and let's say that these manufacturing plants are supposed to be inspected by the federal government, the places making these tires, and they got—let's say they got a warning letter, or we know that there's problems, that they're not re- very well regulated, and that these tires could blow out on the highway when you're going 65 miles an hour the American public would still hold Costco accountable for selling defective tires. And as a pharmacy, you know, the whole industry know, all these special interests know that nobody is, FDA doesn't test these drugs before they're being sold. And for the past year, the FDA has done hardly any inspections in China and elsewhere because of COVID. So we are effectively importing unregulated product. So there's, there's. I think that sense of, well, we're not, how should these retail stores know? I'll tell you, they should know. They should absolutely know. And if they, if this is, I think it's only going to get worse, regrettably, but sometimes things have to get bad until they get fixed. And I think it's going to hit the fan someday. And if you're a retail pharmacy and you're selling product To the american people that is defective and results in in harm then they are not immune to liability
0: what also gets me about this is it gives the chinese communist party tremendous political leverage over the united states if all of our medical supply chain is so meshed with china
1: well this happened during the pandemic Mm -hmm. you uh, may have heard that you know china threatened to withhold antibiotics from the United States in the middle of a pandemic. And you need antibiotics because people who get covid they could also get, you know, other kinds of infections.
0: Why were they threatening that?
1: I I think it was to simply show that, you know, we're in charge here.
0: Mm.
1: It's shocking that you know, there's a bill in Congress to support bringing back antibiotic manufacturing capability here in the US. I, I hope it passes, but I would be shocked.
0: Yeah, I know Biden has talked about having a 90-day investigation into the origin of the coronavirus. If China has this kind of leverage over our medical supply chain, I could see that going pretty badly if, you know, the U.S. asks too many questions about the coronavirus origin.
1: That actually happened. You know, with this heparin, this blood thinner I talked about, uh, in and this was told to me by someone very close to the situation in the federal government. That China said to the U.S. if you speak too badly about uh, China on this, then you might have shortages. Mm. That was back in two thousand seven and
0: eight. Is that show
2: that happened too during the pandemic? Because Josh Rogan for the Washington Post was talking about how essentially the Chinese government had threatened the Trump administration that if they still wanted to talk about the lab leak and stuff like that, that like there would be PPE shortages, like mm. at ninety five masks
1: wow yeah people might say well blame that particular administration uh, well this was going on 10 years before in a yeah. different administration yeah
0: and it's gonna it's gonna go on into the future unless this has changed and so this brings us to the topic of china's vaccine diplomacy you know this coronavirus china definitely played a big part in it their cover-up for the first six weeks while they were hoarding ppes uh, but now they're, the, the world needs vaccines. China is manufacturing these vaccines. It seems like they have found a new tool to really kind of hold the world over the flames.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that. I was uh, I'm writing a piece on global supply chains on this subject, and I looked back at uh, World War One and World War Two, and back then, uh, you know, farmers, agricultural workers were. Enlisted into the US military. So who's going to run the farms to grow food? And as you know, there were blockades. Uh, England blocked Germany, food blockade in World War I. Hundreds of thousands of Germans died. And German return, Germans returned the favor to England in World War II. So the US government got together and said, let's, you know, remember Eleanor Roosevelt and Victory Gardens, you know, grow food. And that was so we could, not only for us, but so we could export it to our allies. We don't have any of that kind of thinking now. We're not even protecting ourselves. It's, it's stunning. I, one of the things I uncovered when working on China RX is we used to have penicillin plants and, and these giant antibiotic plants all over the country. There's was a big report that came out of Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And it was a manual on how to repair them. They, everybody knew where they were, you know, the national, from national security, homeland security people. We were prepared. And now we got zero preparedness and forget about diplomatic you know, efforts because we just can't make this stuff anymore. So it's not just the intellectual property and all of that, but uh, we just can't make the products that we need for ourselves or to be able to help you know friends and neighbors which is a really great thing to do which uh china is is doing
0: yeah like um the philippines is an american ally uh they have a horrible coronavirus situation and yet they rely on china for their vaccines they're not getting nearly enough i don't i don't know how many they're getting from the u.s if any
2: i don't think they are because the Philippines bought the vaccines from China they didn't buy any from the US
0: yeah and so then this affects the South China Sea issue which also in the end has huge uh security issues for the United States so by having this medical control China has it's it ripples out into so many consequences
2: but at least we have vaccines that you know like we have the capability to manufacture vaccines and a country like canada which is now you know like they can't vaccinate enough people because they don't Mm -hmm. have the capability so we have vaccines but like we don't from rosemary from what you're saying we don't have a lot of these other vital drugs that are just like everyday drugs that you would need penicillin yeah and that's that's incredible to me that we've let it get to that point
1: it is i there's a couple of people I've talked to who are volunteers on ambulance services in major cities in this country. I spoke to uh, one person and uh, she said that uh, we have a problem getting epinephrine, which you give to people when they're crashing. And so we just don't have it. Imagine that. And if you don't have it, you could die within minutes. And I said, so what do you do and she said well we just drive faster to the hospital oh gosh
0: hey we do have plenty of chinese-made fentanyl though
1: uh, isn't that it well see look at this That's yeah. exactly right yeah so china has in a reverse opium war china has flooded the united states with illegal drugs and they're sending us substandard legal products that we need to survive wouldn't it be great imagine if we could build drug manufacturing plants in these communities and give people real jobs to make things that we need that will help us.
3: I want my fentanyl made in America.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's shocking, and I don't know. Uh, there's something wrong with the decision making
3: in this
0: country. Is there decision
1: making? Yeah, there's no strategic decision making, and I will say I looked back at you mentioned earlier about the melamine and the dog food. Remember the dog food? Yeah killing thousands of dogs here. You know, what's so shocking is that the lack of regulatory environment over in China, that was known, but that did not stop U.S.-based companies from outsourcing production of medicine components there. In fact, that's how the heparin thing got contaminated. It used to be, they used to, big American companies used to get it here in the U.S., in Wisconsin. Then they outsourced it to China. And there's that hanky panky going on that resulted in deaths. And in the the court case of the physician that I mentioned, internal emails from the US company referred to it as the cheap stuff. Hmm. So we are paying a very high price for cheap. And it's not like an airplane crashing. It happens very quietly, one by one. And this needs to we need to organize people. We need, as someone said on Twitter. People can follow me on Twitter at Rosemary100. We need like a consumer advocacy movement around this. Good news is uh, companies are stepping up and some good people are testing these products. But we need like a consumer reports type testing. You know, for every blood pressure medicine that's sold, let's have it tested, tested by three, four companies and put those results out for the American people and the market would change overnight. Is there regulation
2: from the FDA on imported drugs from china or
1: imported like components from china uh yes there there is a uh for part of that yes the fda has the gold standard and what they do is they inspect these manufacturing plants where products or medicines are made because you can learn so much and there's very detailed specifications like if you if you and i wanted to all set up a drug manufacturing plant Think about every single product, every single pill, every vial has to be exactly right within very narrow specifications. And so uh, they will conduct inspections of plants, but uh, they're not, as I mentioned, there haven't been any inspections done mostly in the past year because of COVID. They want to keep their employees safe. And uh, there was just a report that came out saying, well, FDA might be doing evaluations by zoom i mean you can't and it's like if you're in a plane if in an airplane crash and you're going to send the ntsb guys no you're not going to send them you're going to have them go inspect the accident scene by zoom that's insane yeah the other thing i predicted is the fda's ability to protect the american public is just basically going down the tube and especially in china because you know, do you got any of you want to be the one person, the ins- dedicated inspector, very talented people that travels there and hope you don't get an anal swab for COVID and says uh, yeah, comes back with a report that says this plant has some real problems. Do you think China's going to give you a visa next time?
0: Well, speaking of that, there was U.S. intelligence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where some are saying the coronavirus may have leaked from, It had known safety issues and yet the U.S. was partially funding coronavirus research there. The lead doctor there had traveled to the U.S. and done research with American universities. So we can't protect ourselves from China dominating the supply chain, but we can give all of this money to, am I wrong in saying the enemy? I don't know.
1: Well, there's that and if you want, we can take it further, you know, NIH, the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, and it's all focused on vaccines. It was shocking to hear testimony of Dr. Fauci when he was asked about, well, what about our antibiotics? And as I recall, if my memory's correct, he said something about, well, I've recently learned about this, about us not uh, being so dependent on other countries. And I'm thinking, head of the National Institute, whoever it is, of allergy and infectious disease, and you're not concerned about where the generic antibiotics are coming from during a pandemic? And that was the other thing. Why did it take someone like me as a private citizen to put this out there that no question has influenced legislation that's been introduced in Congress by both sides of the House and both parties. Because there are special interests that want to keep the whole darn thing quiet. So who's looking out for us? And we're going to have to uh, pick it up and, and just do it ourselves.
2: Is it possible to know for American consumers where the drugs are made or where the ingredients are made? Like, I could see that, obviously, if the entire if the blood pressure medication itself is made in China. Like, then you might know, but like if it's just the ascorbic acid or like some other like ingredient that goes into like another drug that may not be made in China itself, but like the ingredients are, or your like,
0: fortified cereal,
2: like do you is there a way to know where
1: the ingredients come from? Uh, you can get some information, and I write about that in China Rx in, in an appendix where to find out where your drugs are made and for your. Uh, viewers and listeners, they can go to a website called Daily Med. Google Daily Med. And Up Will Come Up is a website that's actually hosted by the National Library of Medicine, which is part of the National Institutes of Health, or NIH. And you just type in the name of your, in the search box, the name of your medicine. And Up Will Come is a list of all the companies that either make it, distribute it, or repackage it. And you can see there's pictures of the labels. And it's really interesting. You know, major U.S. companies don't want to put made in China on their labels. But Chinese domestic companies are very proud to put on their label. And by the way, more than 10% of our generic drugs now are being made in China by Chinese companies. And that is growing very fast. So they're very proud to put in Made in China. And so you can find that by going to Daily Med. Now, if you find other companies, major U.S. companies that don't want to put their country of origin because they're embarrassed, they don't want the public to know, uh, call them up and ask them. Some will tell you and some will not. I remember when I was writing China Rx, this, and I, this is where I knew I was kind of over the target. I called out this one company that was making a, an AIDS drug. And I, a generic, and I said, so can you tell me where, where it's made? And a very nice young woman sent me all around here, there. And I called her back and said, I, you know, they just aren't telling me. And she says, well, I have it right here. I can get in trouble for telling you this. And she told me it was made in China. Think about that. And I said, I, this is where I knew that there was something going on here that were just throwing people under the bus.
0: Well, so you mentioned many shocking things. Tell us tell us some of these shocking things. I want I want to know how bad it is,
2: more than what we've already More.
0: Seen. Like if if <laughs> there, you said there's lots of shocking things, I, take us down the rabbit hole.
1: I mean, US military. Oh boy. You know, the men and women in the South China Sea. It's insane. Uh when remember the anthrax attacks uh-huh. yeah, in New York, you guys are in New York. had events there with the news organizations in DC had office buildings and congressional office buildings. Well, one of the antidotes to anthrax exposure is an antibiotic called doxycycline. You might have heard about that if people have Lyme disease or other things. you know it's a pretty common antibiotic. Well we back in 2001, we couldn't make it here. So the federal government had to buy millions of doses by going to a european company very good company i interviewed the ceo and he said he had to get the starting material from a plant in china
3: Mm
1: -hmm. so imagine if you're the anthrax attacker you know i go up and i say this on capitol hill i said this is you guys we need to bring antibiotic production back to the u.s and the other thing i learned is well People say, well, why don't we just get our medicines from India? They're a big generic maker. The other shocker was how much India depends on China for these core components. About They depend on China for about 70% of what they need to for their entire generic industry. So it's so centralized. we got to fix it.
0: Well, so what... What can people do? Why, why are the people on Capitol Hill not doing anything? And what can the American people do to actually encourage them?
1: I think people on Capitol Hill are not taking action because they're influenced by industry and all those middlemen and all the special interests. They they set up this system. Every system is designed to achieve the results it gets. And this is very profitable for multi-billion dollar companies the companies that purchase them, the ones that distribute them and they love to buy cheap. And there's a lot of black total lack of transparency and their names that I didn't know and the American public will not know, but people do know these retail drug stores, their names. And I think they're gonna be in trouble someday for peddling drugs that could harm people and potentially kill them. On a positive note, because we need some good news. This is good news. There was a nonprofit that was set up in uh, 2018 by the Mayo Clinic and like 1,400 other hospitals. And some of these drugs have been in shortage. I don't know if you've ever had to go to the drugstore and they say, well, we can't get it. It's on back order. Well, this is an extremely serious problem. We had you know, generic um, oncology drugs that you couldn't get. and pe- And doctors were literally rationing chemo drugs, there's no doubt people have died. So anyway, um, this group of hospitals got together and they basically created a new supply chain. They're contracting with reputable companies, not in China. And within the first year of operation, they delivered many, many doses of 20 different generic drugs. And the next year another 20 and this year another 20 and they do it like anything else they find good manufacturers trustworthy people and they pay them a fair price not dumping it at a race to the bottom price and lo and behold these hospitals didn't have any shortages and they weren't paying peak price i you know during covid this was told to me by a very fine physician who works in children's and children's hospital he said pharmacists and doctors were scouring to find basic drugs, and they went on to what's called the gray market, which means, frankly, you don't know where the hell it's coming from. And we're giving this to children. Mm. So um, this nonprofit called Civica RX, they're great, great folks. CEO's taking no salary. He's a retired executive, and they're bypassing a lot of the middlemen, which doesn't make a whole lot of people happy. But the key is the hospitals are using their money to buy something different. They're using it to buy a quality product. They know where it's made. I mean, shocker, as number one shocker. Full transparency. The plants are inspected by the manufacturer, by this group as the, the buyer. And um, they have redundant manufacturing capabilities so they don't run out. And they supplied the federal, US stockpile during the height of COVID with millions of doses of medicine. So, uh, and Kaiser Permanente joined them with their 10 million members. And they uh, it was announced that they're going to go out, uh, on some at retail level, not just hospital medicines. So that's very promising. We need a whole different way of how we buy things. And for, you know, for each of us, we have to change how we buy things. You know, I have to make it a, a discipline to look at the label, to ask, And if I have to pay a little more, you know, I have to think about, is it worth to me, worth it to me? And for stuff that I put in my body, yeah, it probably is. Not everybody can do that. But for those who can, that's the beginning of turning around the marketplace. Is this applied to over-the-counter medicines, too? Are a lot of
2: over-the-counter medicines made in China, not just antibiotics and
1: prescription drugs? Uh, They are uh, over-the-counter drugs. Like common painkillers and vitamins, the core chemicals are made in China. And in Europe, when they're during the pandemic, you know some people were having fevers. They were taking acetaminophen, as the generic for Tylenol. There was a shortage of it in Europe. You couldn't find it. Why? China controls the global market for the core material to make it. And your vitamins,
3: same thing. So like my, my chewable Flintstones vitamins are made in China. I mean, not not mine, obviously, but like, you know, for a friend asking uh, for a friend, uh, those would be made in China or the core ingredients in China.
1: I'd want to look at that label. So I call, when I was writing China Rx, I called up, I asked about vitamin C, ascorbic acid. So I said, where's it come from? And Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and another one nature made said that uh, they get it from source it from a global market all that business and a couple of them said yes we get it get it from china there's no there's hardly any other place to get it i found a place in scotland or in europe that's making it and a small plant in new jersey i mean this takes a long time to figure out and to hunt down and we can't make aspirin anymore
0: really what
1: we can't make aspirin so That happened because in the early 2000s, there was the last plant here, and China was dumping the core component, acetylsalicylic acid, on the global market, and it drove this company in the US out of business. They filed a complaint with the International Trade Commission, but it was too late, and they couldn't survive. I started to put all these pieces together, and when we, when Congress opened up free trade with China in 2000, Congress said we're going to give China the same favored nation status on trade, basically cut down tariffs on products coming from China. That's what I noticed within four years. I mean, who knew our trade policy would affect our medicine? That's when I realized. I figured that's when the last aspirin plant closed, the last vitamin C plant closed, the last penicillin plant closed, and it's when this blood thinner, heparin, when that big U.S. company switched from a supplier in the U.S. to a supplier in China. And you had lobbyists from American companies all over Capitol Hill lobbying to open up to China because it was cheaper. It's just really quite remarkable. And they were outsourcing to a, back then you ask um, about FDA regulation. FDA had no presence, hardly any presence in China during this time. And so we were outsourcing production of key medicinal component, things we put in our mouths to a country with virtually no regulation. The head of the China FDA was executed in like 2007, seven eight for taking bribes. And a Chinese uh, woman, very candid, said, you know, we are still at a very early stage of development with our regulatory framework. And yet U.S. companies outsourced it and our government allowed it. I mean, the FDA, you talked about
2: tests that or like would look at, inspect the manufacturing plants. But nobody's is anybody testing
1: the actual drugs that come in? The FDA does not test the drugs that come in or the ones that are made here because they have to be tested too. Uh, there is a startup company in New Haven called Valashore. They're an online pharmacy and I, I have no no don't take any money from them. But people should know that they say that they test every single batch before selling it.
0: I mean, what's crazy to me is we talk on the show a lot about uh, the Chinese Communist Party's unrestricted warfare. Uh, that the communist party considers itself at war with the united states and this is a perfect example of that like this is not an accident that the chinese communist party has done this this is an act of war
3: yeah i I mean i think consider this with with the chinese communist party's policy of civil military fusion uh the the party has the ability and the mechanisms to tell companies exactly what they want them to do in china right so like, let's say, for example, uh, there's a, a war over Taiwan uh, and the U.S. goes to defend Taiwan and the Chinese People's Liberation Army says, oh, well, we, maybe we don't think our Navy is ready to defeat the American Navy, but they don't have to use that as a tool because what they can do is the Communist Party can tell all the drug manufacturers that are exporting to the U.S., put this poison in your drug And you have to do it. And if you don't do it, we'll shut you down. I mean or even not that extreme. I
2: don't think they they just
0: have to stop giving the drugs. No more penicillin, no more aspirin for the US. Done.
3: Yeah. I mean, even even at the level of withholding, it's very bad, but it could be worse, is what I'm saying. And so then, yeah, like basically there's there's the battle, and like, how does an American defend themselves against this? There's basically no way. You've got three hundred million civilian targets in the US that can be affected by this. And then, you know, there'll be pressure to, to, you know, to get the U.S. government to pull their troops out to stop defending our ally or whatever the situation is, because we basically have no defense against like, you know, it's a death by a thousand paper cuts. Well, as Rosemary said, like, you know, they, they basically said, stop investigating the origin of
0: the coronavirus. Otherwise, we cut you off.
1: If you control medicine, you control the world.
0: China controls the world. Jeez. All right.
1: And if, you know, we're not going to, will it be conventional war in the future or a biological war spreading disease? And we're helpless.
0: This sounds very familiar, almost as if it's already happened.
1: Well, it's right before our eyes. And remember that book, you mentioned unrestricted warfare. They laid out the plan for us. This is it. And we're living it. And everybody goes around their business. You know, some, I was talking with a someone who is a close observer on Capitol Hill. And this person said, it's just about, you know, the people work in these companies that are the lobbyists, they're just looking for the best paycheck. And they might say, oh, yeah, it's a problem. But they're only looking out for their paycheck. You know, I serve on compensation committees for a couple of organizations. And you see the power of compensation and those performance bonuses. And that's what people do.
0: Yeah. Until they have to have their heart removed because they've had poison drugs from China.
1: Yeah. Remember the, the story of the tobacco lobbyist? Uh, this is a guy who you know smoked and was a lobbyist for the tobacco industry for many years, and he uh, got lung cancer. And uh, he goes in for treatment at a hospital. And he looks around and he sees all these other people getting, you know, chemotherapy. And he said, well, I guess I put a lot of those people here. So that moment of awakening is really painful. But the problem is, uh, it's it's one thing if you want to put yourself in a uh, bad situation. But you don't want to take other people down with you. You know, this is... Um, a lot like uh, privatizing the gains and socializing the losses. People making money off of, like well, just like the mortgages, selling cheap stuff. But whatever harm there is, or you know, people hurt, um, we just socialize that. It was just like you know, mortgages. Give people mortgages they should never have, then they lost their houses. Families suffer tremendously. So we have this pattern in our society, in our economic system, when it's abused.
3: Right. But then you're saying, because we bailed out the banks with essentially taxpayer money slash printing money from the Fed.
1: Absolutely right. We pay. We pay twice. People pay twice. Those who lost their homes, their jobs. And then we bail them out. You know, there's talk of a six trillion dollar budget for next year uh, with the administration. And will be very interesting test to see if they'll fund anything in this space.
3: Because we, we could always spend that money on, you know, green energy by buying windmills and solar panels made in China using Chinese slave labor.
2: And stolen American technology. And stolen American, yeah,
3: right. And that's a that's a great way to spend trillions of dollars.
1: Well, there's a there's a lobbyist, uh, for you know, for, you know, uh, working on environmental issues and global warming who says, well, yeah, it's great that we we can China's selling it to us so cheaply. Because we can do more solar here. So uh, we have we have this real situation that we're in. You know, I, I want to bring something up that I think is really important. Another eye-opener for me was, well, if we make it here, it'll be a lot more expensive. So I, I learned a lot from not the people in Washington, but from the people actually out in the manufacturing plants who make stuff, who do the work, who don't have any voice, who aren't there on any talk show or um uh, writing you know, press releases or lobby notes. He told me the story of going in to get a 90 day supply of his blood pressure medicine, it was a generic. He went into a retail pharmacy. And this is a guy who's been 30, 40 years making these products. And he said the price was $157.50 for this 90 day, three month supply. And he said, guess how much the manufacturers pay? So I'm going to ask each of you guys, how much would you guess the manufacturers pay?
3: So you're saying that's the retail price, but how much does the the manufacturer... How much does the
1: manufacturer, the person making the
3: pills? Like pay for the ingredients?
1: How much would they get paid by the entity that's purchasing the generic from the manufacturer?
3: I'm going to say their profit is 50%. So that'd be about, you know... 75 80 bucks
1: i'm gonna say 25.
3: yeah i'll go with that
1: i said 20. a dollar
2: Hmm.
1: the manufacturer is paid a buck a penny a pill so you have to ask where does the other 156 dollars and 50 cents go and what you said earlier about all the middlemen Those are all U.S. companies, some in the Fortune 10 list, you know, skimming off the top. So it's not the manufacturing that's costly. Now, it does take investment. And if we all wanted to set up a manufacturing plant tomorrow to make blood pressure medicine, we'd need, you know, $150 million plus to build a plant. But once you get it up to scale and running and using advanced manufacturing process, you can make it, you know... uh, very, you know, very efficiently. And if you can bypass all those middlemen.
3: You're bypassing not only a bunch of middlemen, but also the global shipping.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, where's all the climate change people? Imagine the cost and the impact on climate and global warming by shipping all this stuff. And plus, you know, the pollution and environmental regulations are nowhere near what they are here. So we'd actually improve the environment by making these products here
0: the environment would be proved if we don't work with china take that john Kerry.
1: oh god well like there you
2: go the uh so for you know the i'm thinking about the pharma bro guy remember martin shrekley and then he he got in trouble jacked up the price of like epi pens or something so like that was like an egregious example that everybody was like, oh, no, that's terrible. But it sounds like this is happening on like, a daily basis.
3: right? But, but it's, it sounds more like it's not one pharma bro. It's basically like 10 pharma bros, nine of whom are middlemen who are all like getting a little piece of that at each stage of it. And ultimately, like none of the pharma bros are really responsible for the quality of the product. They don't care the conditions that it's made in because all they do is like they're one piece and they get their little profit from it.
2: is I mean, is there a way to incentivize big drug companies to manufacture here antibiotics and stuff like that? like is there a way to get Pfizer or
1: something? Yeah those big companies want nothing to do with the generic market uh, because it doesn't have money. I mean, if you can make vaccines and get billions, you're at, especially in taxpayer money, You'll never want to be interested in making, you know, penicillin tablets. And I'll, here's, this is an interesting story that uh, someone taught me about how this all happened. I'll I'll use the example first of a a laptop because the same thing happened with our medicines. So over the holidays, uh, last December, I was cleaning out a closet and I came across an old IBM ThinkPad. And honest to God, I turned it on, pressed the button and it actually was working. And this thing was more than 10 years old. But of course, you know, the software uh, doesn't work anymore. And now I have another ThinkPad, but it's called Lenovo. And that's made by a Chinese company. So I had asked a gentleman from IBM, very senior uh, gentleman in the company. I said, well, how did that happen? And he said, well, IBM gave away the specs for its ThinkPad to China in return for getting access to the Chinese market to sell higher value products and services. And lo and behold, the same thing happened with a very prominent, big multinational U.S.-based company, a drug company. Someone in the company said, yep, they gave away the specs to make antibiotics to China in return for access to China's one point something billion people, that market for their branded products. So they basically gave away the store. That's how we got uh, where we are. And I think, I uh, believe that, the other thing that you asked about another shocker, there was a European CEO who was, they're desperate to brand themselves as Chinese companies because the Chinese government demands that. You have to be more Chinese than you are European or American. And it's it's basically that social, social behavior and that scoring, are you a good Chinese citizen? You've got that business ranking, not just for individuals. And so I believe that these, I don't know this, but I believe that those companies, big companies that are doing business in China are lobbying on behalf of China because China wants to gain the generic market, which which is 90% of the medicines we use. So I think that US-based companies and others are lobbying on behalf of China to prevent U.S. production coming back to the U.S. for basic medicines. I can't prove that, but it's certainly very plausible. Because it was so shocking to see the absolute vehement response by Big Pharma and the Chamber of Commerce to the Trump administration's Buy American Executive Order just for the basic medicines we need to survive. They came out and they slammed it. Why would you do that? We just, in the middle of a pandemic and we couldn't get basic medicines. So I think that there, you know, another quick story when the China trade deal was being debated in Congress. And I mentioned earlier, the lobbyists, US companies were going up to lobby on China's behalf. There was a meeting at the US Chamber of Commerce right there on H Street across from the White House. All the business execs were gathered there to prepare And who came down Connecticut Avenue, but a delegation from the Chinese embassy with the talking points and handed them out to U.S. businessmen and lobbyists. And they were followed in track to make sure that they were really doing China's work for them. This is really sobering. It's sobering to me, but um, I still think there are a lot of good people in this country who see that this is just not tenable. And on a positive note, there is some movement of companies needing to, seeing the need to diversify because, you know, what's going to happen when Taiwan blows up? That whole situation. That scares them. And so they're diversifying their supply chains. And that's a good thing because it's in their interest to do so. So... um, Sometimes we have to meet a cri- hit a crisis before
3: we act, but um, uh, we've really got to get on this one. I mean, we're in a crisis. We've hit the crisis. It's time to act like yesterday.
0: Yeah. As you mentioned, this really is a fight and it's a fight for our lives. So thank you. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing this with us.
1: Yeah, it's very sobering and I, I don't want people to be afraid, but you know, just be smart about it. You know, when you go to the drugstore, ask the pharmacist to show you the box and take a picture of it with your phone and call up the company name, who was ever on it, and just ask them, you know, where it's made and see what they tell you. Uh, I would prefer, and the truth is, the branded products, which are more a lot more expensive, a lot of people can't afford them, they tend to be better because somebody's name has, is on the box who made it and they're accountable for it. So if you can do that, you know, try to do that.
0: thank you again for joining us and sharing this with us this is something we should have known about a decade ago we should have known about it when the China was getting normalized trade
1: absolutely right the good news is there's a lot of bills been introduced in Congress by Democrats and Republicans and they they see it and for those that see it um they've written some really smart bills for how to get this done And there are good people trying to make products here. And I say to them, you know, hang on because when it hits the fan, people will be banging on your door, just like with PPE. They'll be banging on your door to make product and you'll be in a great position and ready to go to help our country. So um, that's a little bit of silver lining here. And let's hope we can do more. And I'm really grateful to you all for listening to this. It's sort of, you know, sharing the, the woes of what I've you know, observed. Uh, but there are a lot of good people out there who realize we have a problem and are trying to do something about it very quietly. You know, if you're a company that you have business in China, you're not going to tell China that you're going to be reshoring here mm. because of retribution. So we just got to keep at it and uh, find good people like all of you and talk about it. And I'm really honored to be here. And, I, you know, China Rx, we donate proceeds to good causes, So this was a labor of love, and I hope your viewers will get it from a library or buy it and share it with your family, friends, your member of Congress, your neighbors, and we can fix this. We'll
0: we'll definitely put a link to the book below. Rosemary, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: I really appreciate you having me, and this is uncensored. (laughs) Uh,
0: And unscripted. So thank you. Take care.
1: Thank you. Have a great, great day, the rest of you, all of you.
0: Well, that was just, just a nightmare. I mean, you know, in my spare time, I've been known to, you know, get high on life. <laughs> and now I'm just wondering, is life manufactured in China too?
2: Well, okay. Bet
3: you weren't expecting that. No. No, so neither of us have any way to respond to
0: that. No, perfect.
2: No, my but- mind went to cloning, so that's...
0: Oh, gosh. Well, that is a good point, because not only is China controlling so much of this medical supply chain like we have talking about, there's loads of pharmaceutical and scientific research going on in China. You know, human-animal hybrids, that's that's not conspiracy theory. They're working on that kind of stuff. We already
2: use human-animal hybrids in medical research all the time. That's yeah. not a new thing.
3: Yeah. Right. You're talking about mice grown with human cells, and they're using them to do various lab tests. Yes. Human <laughs> animal chimeras.
2: Well, anyway, well, like, so I used to work in pharma, and I think this is the case with China, where basically, like a lot of the things that they're doing, right, like they could not um, manufacture high-tech things in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in, in the US, we manufacture, for example, the, the COVID vaccines, we do a lot of like high-tech cancer drugs that are grown in the cells of these mice, like we do a lot of things that they don't actually have the ability to manufacture right now but what they do have the ability to manufacture is loads of the cheap stuff generic medicines or in, like bulk ingredients that go into medicines so they started off with taking over that market mm-hmm. first and then slowly they're going to start going into like the more high-tech stuff so i mean ultimately they're going to try to control everything yeah that's but, what
0: that's what made in china 2025 was yeah. all about
2: And then they decided they had to stop talking about that because people were getting nervous about it. But it's still there. It's just that they're not like broadcasting it as much anymore. But the whole thing with generic medicine, and this is another part of this puzzle, is that insurance companies, like we all rely on health insurance companies, like that's how the system is set up in the U.S., like they have lists of medicines that they will approve for certain diseases, right? So if there's like a generic version version of a medicine that's cheaper than like this the maybe made in U.S. brand name version of that medicine, the insurance company will usually force you to take the generic version mm. of that medicine because they don't want to pay for like the higher
3: price. Right. In other the, words, as a consumer, like we don't actually have the choice.
2: I mean, you could buy it without insurance. Yeah. Right? And,
3: and like maybe one in 10 Americans can afford to do that.
2: Yeah. So, like, there's just all sorts of ways in which, like, the 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 whole healthcare system makes it so that it's very hard for consumers to be able to control what medicines they take.
0: This is why I only see witch doctors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're going to get?
2: Yeah, you, you're going to get, like, Put the lime throat. in the coconut
0: and shake it all up. Uh, that's mixology, not uh, witch doctory. Oh, okay. For, forgive my ignorance. Different sciences. I... yes shelly you were saying
2: i nothing i I have nothing to say
0: (laughs) all right well i think this was a very important episode and i think it's it's really this is serious stuff matt yes serious stuff so i think it really is important like share this episode people need to know about this because this happened under all of our noses
2: and it's it affects everybody everyone like who doesn't take something, right? Whether it's vitamins or aspirin or even aspirin. Right. You know? Yeah, it's just crazy. This makes me think that like we really need m- way more transparency about what's made in China.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, topics like this are often too controversial for YouTube, so we struggle with, uh, you know, getting monetized for a lot of things. We struggle getting sponsors for a lot of our episodes because you know, as as we learned today, So many people are in, so many businesses are in the pocket of China, which is why I'm happy to say this episode has been sponsored by CuriosityStream. So CuriosityStream is a streaming platform with dozens of collections of fascinating TV shows, including award-winning and original programming. For example, China's Last Little Train. This is a beautifully shot documentary that takes you to a place in China so remote that there are no roads in or out. The only means of transportation is a single, narrow-gauge steam engine train. It's not high speed. With CuriosityStream, you can watch that and thousands of other streamable documentaries and nonfiction shows on topics like history, nature, science, food, technology, and travel. So click the link below and use the code CHINAUNSCRIPTED to get our special deal, just $14.99 for the entire year. You can watch Curiosity Stream from your phone, tablet, or computer anywhere, anytime. So click the link below and check it out. And really, it's nice to have a sponsor. So check it out. Once again, I'm Chris Chappell. I'm Shelley Jong, And I'm Matt Ganesta. We'll talk to you next time.